ShishMed members play a critical role as to the organizations and communities they serve. This special edition of the ShishMed podcast is part of the COVID-19 Conversations series, featuring members' stories and resources in an effort to provide insight into how some organizations are managing this unprecedented crisis. Hello, everyone. I'm Diane Weber from ShishMed, and I'm pleased to have with me Lisa Schiller, the Chief Communication and Marketing Officer at UNC Healthcare and UNC School of Medicine in Raleigh, North Carolina. Lisa, thank you for joining me today so we can learn a bit more about how your team is contributing to the COVID-19 response. So before we get started, maybe you can just paint for me a little bit about your area, what, what generally is going on with COVID in your community and at your organization. Sure. First, Diane, thanks for um, having me. It's great to talk to you today. COVID-19 in, in the state of North Carolina, as of, as of this moment, um, and speaking to you right now, we have uh, approximately 1,200 confirmed cases in the state. Our governor has issued a stay-at-home order, which actually goes into effect at 5 o'clock this evening. But many of our counties and the counties around us where, we, uh, where we're headquartered uh, already have the, the stay-at-home orders in effect. I would say, you know, a lot of concern uh, throughout the community, as there, as there are in communities around around the country, quite a bit of support for our local hospitals. We've got, you know, you see it on social media, you, you, you see it on the news. One of our, our hospital in Raleigh, we had uh, somebody come and randomly put this big, uh, this big sign out front that said, heroes work here. So that, I think that's the mood and the tone around, around our community. That's awesome. Glad to hear that, and and we certainly support you, and are so impressed with everything that you're doing through the pandemic. So let's talk a bit about your team. You know, tell me a little bit about the size of your team and the major functions that are included, and paint a picture of how they're contributing to managing this pandemic. Sure, we have about approximately. 46 members of our team, and they work in a variety of functions. Um, got quite a few more people perhaps on the marketing team than some of the other teams, but um, internal communication, news. Um, we, we started to build this year, we started to build a, an insight and analytics team, and I'll talk a little bit in a little bit about some of the work that they're doing, um, but three members of that team right now. We've got our community relations crew that's been really busy, and I can talk about some of the work that they've done. Um, but uh, that's that's the the size of our team. Um, we have uh, evolved, you know, of, of course, internal communication um, and and news, but internal communication has been, uh, I would say, the busiest as we've gone through the past few weeks, uh, ensuring that we are getting through and communicating to all of our audiences. You know, early on, it was uh, communicating about policies and procedures and different things we were putting into effect. And we've learned along the way. Um, we've learned and we've tried to be agile and we've altered um, uh, our communication. We've come up with a specific communication schedule for when people can expect to receive information for the day, um, a specific communication for managers and leaders, and another one for all of our coworkers and colleagues. 
Um, so that's been a super busy function. News has also been busy um, at UNC Health. We're fortunate to have um, some not, not just national but international leaders in, in certain spaces. Um, uh, I would say our infectious, we have infectious disease physicians who are world-renowned, um, Dr. Mike Cohen, uh, Dr. David Weber has been um, featured in uh, news stories all around the country. And then we have um, Dr. Melissa Miller, who uh, actually developed, uh, we were one of the, one of the first hospitals um, in the country to have our own test, and, uh, and Dr. Melissa Miller was responsible for that. So the news team has been busy there. Um, community relations has also been busy. Uh, we've had an, uh, many needs uh, in the community, one, one of which uh, we have a blood shortage. And so they have been very successful in working on blood drives that keep people appropriately physically distanced from each other, uh, but to help us try to build back up the blood supply. And then another really big um, effort that we worked with uh, and collab have collaborated with our supply chain colleagues is on donations of equipment. We've also worked with our colleagues at our other hospitals here in the Triangle on those efforts. And, uh, and we've been pretty successful. <laughs> um, now, we've, I, I understand we have received over 700,000 donations of various oh. items. I know that's, that's incredible. Now, I know the team, uh, we've got physicians and other people who are going through everything and making sure that if something's not um, usable, we obviously don't, we won't be using that. But the total number of items donated is over 700,000, which is um, just incredible to think about. And we've had, gosh, I could go, I could list all of the, I list, I'll list a couple of them. Um, we've had uh, some of our, our colleagues over at NC State University have donated a lot of equipment to us. Uh, the State Department of Cultural Resources, which the Science Museum comes under, have donated. We've had construction companies donating in 95. Um, we had a, a company, I'm sorry, a, a nonprofit organization called Samaritan's Purse that donated 10,000 in 95 to us last week. And so um, the community has really stepped up in a big way for us. And um, our community relations team has, has stayed busy with that. Um, that our, uh, and then I'll, I'll take a step back and talk a little bit about our consumer insights um, and analytics team that, that's part of, part of our marketing group. And um, they have been busy doing, doing a lot of work. What I'll talk about, which I've, I've shared with um, a, couple of, a couple of our colleagues, um, is um, every week they, they send over uh, to us uh, a Consumer Insights and Analytics and Primary Research report. And I've got, for example, I've got last, um, the report I received last Friday from them sitting in front of me right now. And um, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're scanning the web, they're scanning social media, they're, we're doing a, some original research ourselves, and then they're presenting that um, to us. So um, some of the, the findings um, that they have, uh, one of them uh, specifically deals with um, emotional well-being. So across the nation and illustrated by consumer behavior across our websites and social media, our, you know, our owned channels. 
um, mm-hmm. the pandemic and associated economic crisis increasingly affects mental health and people need to stay connected. And so they, they dig into some of that data. And, and I'd be happy to share this um, last week's report so that um, uh, so that our, our members could, could see the type of data that we're pulling every week. Um, oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be happy, so happy to send that across. One of the other things the, that they looked at last week specifically was around um, the terminology uh, around social distancing versus physical distancing. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a, we have in the School of Medicine, we have a, our Department of Psychiatry um, is wonderful, has a great reputation, and they brought to our attention pretty early on, I guess it might might be the World Health Organization talked about. You know, we really don't, it, it's, it's really perhaps not helpful to talk about social distancing because um, uh, we need people to stay connected. And so physical distancing, um, and so I, I had them uh, do some searches on this, and um, it, when they looked at it at the beginning of last week, there was almost no mentions online about social distance, I'm sorry, physical distancing. But then as the week went on, the data, the data that you could see that they reported on was that physical distancing is gaining traction. So how did we use this data? Um, we asked the team as, as, the, as we're producing content for at least the next couple weeks, start using the, the terminology physical distancing, put social distancing in parentheses, and hopefully we'll be able to ultimately move away from those parentheses. Um, but that's some of, some of the work that, that they're helping us with. Um, they're also helping us by uh, guiding our content team into the types of content that people are searching for online and how, how we can be uh, quickly uh, creating content that, um, that is what people are searching for and what's most helpful to them. Um, oh, that's great. So you're doing a wonderful job of actively listening to your community and then more so to really identify what, what are the issues that they need to learn more about. So, so what's an example outside of the physical distancing of something that you, you weren't already communicating about but that you added in based on what you had listened to in, in, in these uh, consumer insights? Well, I think one of the things I'll, I'll mention first, because I've got it in front of me right here, is um, uh, it is the preferred methods of how people are wanting to consume information. And, um, and we've got it broken down, and this is based upon a, a survey that, uh, that the team conducted between March 13th and March 21st um, with 630 North Carolina consumers. Um, and the question was, which, which ways are your preferred methods of taking in communication on topics um, like COVID-19? And they, um, and so, uh, and so this is broken out by age on here, but um, for example, uh, for consumers who are 65 plus, um, video is how they, they primarily want to, want to uh, receive information. Um, and then uh, for the age group of 18 to 34, uh, and for the age group 35 to 54, infographics is the number one way. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's, that's helpful to us because then it guides our team in terms of exactly how should we be presenting this information to people. Um, 
Yeah, and then I'll, and then in terms of, of research, uh, uh, something else that we're doing is we, you know, knowing that internal communication is as important as, as it is, we wanted to also make sure that uh, that people were um, feeling informed, that they um, we wanted to make sure that the communication they received were receiving was clear and effective. Um, we wanted to understand uh, in terms of the communication that we were sending out, which was most useful to them. And so um, we conducted an, an internal pulse survey um, around around UNC Health and uh, also and received very good information from that. So um, not only we focused on the external audience in terms of of surveying and listening, but we're doing that um, on an internal basis as well. And again, that's something else I'd be happy to to share uh, with our members. Uh, it's a, it was a really short, quick survey monkey um, that we sent around, but I think it's important to understand, make sure these messages that we're distributing are are, um, are having, you know, people are hearing them and understanding them. Mm -hmm. That's great. So now that you've been through several weeks of preparing in different stages, and it, as you said, you've been learning as you go and you're learning to be agile, what are some things that you did early on and other things that may, maybe you have shifted into that you started to do differently? What have you learned in the process? I would say early on, we were sending out way too many communications. Um, it okay. was it was almost a little... Um, Scattered, I would say it was not our, uh, you know, it was definitely something that we needed to improve upon. And so now we we have a structure in place for communication, and we and we really stick to it. Um, we we uh, have communicated our deadlines to everyone in the organization that needs to know, um, and we're sticking with those. We've also created so we um, we've embedded uh, one to two of our. Communicators, we've embedded with human resources because that's a busy work stream for us. Um, we've embedded, uh, we've embedded um, some of our uh, a communicator in with the uh, ambulatory group. Um, they do a lot in terms of our patient communication with my chart and other things, so that we're helping uh, write and make sure that any message that goes out um, it considers the, the voice of the, the patient in them. Um, and then most recently, one of the things that we've done is to, to change how what we're doing is we've created a, um, what I would call more of a newsroom type of structure. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had this, it's funny to think, it's, you know, our, since our days, our days seem to fall together at half the time, I don't know what day of the week it is. Um, and this has only been a few weeks. It feels like it's been months already. Um, but we've, we've uh, created um, uh, a structure that, you know, we're like, let's not reinvent the wheel. Newsrooms are 24-hour operations. Let's behave more like a newsroom. Uh, so the evening before from our internal team and then from our external team, I'll call them our news team, um, I get a, a chart that lists um, – the content, we sort of have it in a headline, um, who's working on it, who's the subject matter expert, when is it going out. I have a, have a whole chart because then in the morning, at 8 o'clock in the morning, I sit with our, our leadership team, including our CEO, to go over what we're doing for the day. And then I'm able to bring, let them know 
what it is we're working on. If, for, for example, there's something that we need to push off or we shouldn't be working on, in addition to additions to the list, I get them in that meeting. And then when that meeting is over, then I we have a phone call with our leads in internal and external, and I'm able to say, yep, go for, go forth. Everything um, on the list is good. Hey, let's add add list. This is going to be something that we're working on uh, at the leadership level. Let's add this to our list. And it's really a much better organized structure for us to be to be working through it. Um, not only good for our team, but it's good for the organization as well. Um, I'll say I think there's I, I'm trying to think of some other helpful hints and one of the things we learned. So as we have gotten well, real to quick this on, place, on the newsroom uh, situation. Sure. So is that newsroom model? Um, is it a daily scenario where we're in the evening yes. things are being prepared? Yeah. Okay. Great to yep. know. And yeah, every day sounds like yep. it's been a yeah good successful approach for you there. Um, it has and, and I. I didn't want to keep you too long, but feel free to continue your thought there. But um, I did want to to get some insight on you too, from you too as to how how you're sustaining through all this and how you're sustaining your team in terms of support and encouragement and, and how how is your team doing through all this? Um, I will I'll get to that and I'll I'll end on that. But um, real quickly because yes. it's a, hel- a helpful tip I wanted to share. Um, you know, as we've gotten to the place where um, we have m- uh, many fewer members of our team, most most members of the team are working from home right now. Um, of course, you know, we're part of incident command, and so we've got a, a couple members of our team that are staff and command centers. But for the most part, everybody's working from home. Um, and as we, as as more and more of us work from home, what we decided to do was to, um, and we don't have our video people here all the time from our video team. Um, we're starting to use, uh, there's an app, there's a, uh, an app you can get on your iPad. It's a video teleprompter app, and there's a free version, so it doesn't cost anything. Um, and we tested it out last week with our CEO, so rather than having uh, someone come in who, who didn't need to actually be here, uh, we tested it out. It actually worked great. Uh, he did. He gave his weekly message with it. Um, and then it's if there you can he can either just talk you can you know your your subject matter expert can talk into it or you could run script on it and it doesn't look like they're reading anything and then what I simply did was I down once once we had that I downloaded it um, it, it downloaded into my photos and then I uploaded it to our video person who. Um, who put our logo at the end and put our CEO's name under under the, his picture or his face on the first screen. And then the the video, um, the company's logo is in the bottom right corner. He kind of took that out. And so um, that's something if you're looking for a quick way to get video, um, whether it's scripted or unscripted, that's a, a really good solution. But let me, I'll, 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 end, I'll, uh, I'll end with um, our team and how our team is doing and, and how we're, um, you know, I mentioned that we've got the majority of our teammates working from, on the marketing communications team working from home right now. And so there's a few things that we're doing. We have a daily call with the entire team, and it's a 30-minute phone call, and we have an agenda for it. And um, that is one way to keep people connected. Um, 
something else that I, I personally am doing. I'm sending out uh, two emails a week. I have my Sunday email that uh, tends to be a little bit longer, and then I have a, another email toward the, toward the end of the week. Uh, and so they're, um, sometimes they're, they've got uh, subjects to them. Um, uh, the one I sent out yesterday to everybody uh, was the subject line was um, uh, what, what, gives, what gives me comfort. And so I went on about um, the things that give me comfort during this. And then at the end, asked people to share um, theirs. Um, One of the things we did on Friday, we did our first um, virtual happy hour. So Friday at 530, uh, I had um, on my computer screen, you know, pictures of everybody. Um, I was, unfortunately, I was still at work, but so I wasn't, I was drinking a bottle of water, but um, uh, everyone else was at home, and we were so we we were socializing um, and having a virtual happy hour. Um, I try to call um, every day. I try to call at least one person from the team just to just to check in someone I might not normally be working with, um, because you know during this time it's important to keep our teams engaged and and connected. It's a time that they could feel isolated. A lot of people aren't used to working at home and not having people around them. So um, I try to say thank you as often as I can um, and thank people for what they're doing. Um, and also, uh, I, I have found over the last three weeks that um, I've probably delegated more than I ever have uh, in my career. And now is the time to, to, uh, to do that, to, um, to trust, trust your teams. Or we, have a, we have fabulous people on our team, and they're also capable and um, we, and it, everything is moving so fast that uh, we just need people to to make decisions. And I know they're I know they'll make good decisions and uh, and move on with the work. And so we've been we've been doing that. But it's you know you definitely have to be intentional about staying um, in communication uh, with your with your teammates. And uh, and that's something that's definitely top of mind for me. Wow. Well, that's a great insight, Lisa. Clearly, not only are you helping your community understand what's going on and your internal teams from a clinical and operational and safety standpoint, but you're you're recognizing there's a bit of humanness that needs to be addressed as well, and I'm sure it's very much appreciated by your team. So let me thank you on behalf of all our Shishman members and the AHA audience as well, as well. Um, you took time out of your extremely busy schedule to share with us what you're doing, and it's been phenomenally useful. So thank you, and congr- not congratulations, but we appreciate everything that you're doing, and um, we are very proud to be working with you and having you on our board and having you be willing to share these stories with us. So if you have any closing comments, now's the time. <laughs> Um, no, I would just say thank you for um, the opportunity to, to share some of our learnings with, with our membership. Um, I would just say continue to appropriately physically distance yourself from people. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. I hope everybody stays well. And um, my thoughts are with, with all, of, all of our colleagues as we, um, as we get through this time together. Excellent. And and to our listeners today, please visit shishma.org 
where you can read more about Lisa's story and others who are sharing what they're doing to help manage the COVID crisis. And please take care. And thank you for all that you're doing as well. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening and know that we are thinking of you during these unprecedented times. For general updates and resources on COVID-19, head to aha.org slash COVID-19 and visit shishmed.org for a collection of specific COVID-19 resources for strategists.